Howdy, y'all. I'm Justin. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Cowboys Like Us, the podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift and her music. Yeehaw. Hello, and welcome back to Cowboys Like Us, the only podcast recorded to 8-track tapes and then converted to cassette and then to CD and then to MP3 and then put on the internet. This way, we ensure the highest quality for your audio listening experience. (laughs) That's why that guy said we were quiet on Spotify. Yep, a lot goes into it. He has no idea. Today, we are talking about Evermore. And as you can hear, Madeline is here, but also joining us. Guess who's back, bitches? (laughs) Guess who's back, back, back. Back again. That's right, Kimberly's back. From maternity leave. Hooray. Yay. How was it? The baby having process. <laughs> it was interesting, to say the least. It wasn't that bad, though. <laughs> some people have it really bad. Some people have it really bad. It's hard for some people. But if you a puss, it's hard for <laughs> you. Kimberly says. But our situation, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. That's right. Kimberly's got plenty of dog. And she judges everyone who doesn't. So Hey, my biggest fear was C-section, and I faced it head on. Directly to the forehead. Directly to the forehead. And came out the other side feeling much better about C-sections. So. Well, it's good to have you back on the pod. Did you listen to our podcast while you were out? Um, I did. Absolutely not. Gonna... She did not. That was enough. <laughs> I did too. I listened to some. I was going to say, I did not end up listening to the last episode. I was going to. So that's mm-hmm. the one where we rip you a new one. So yeah, you yes. definitely not listen. I have not listened to the last kiss episode. Last kiss. Yeah. Uh, yes. That is the one that I have not listened to because I was going to listen to it. And then having a child to take care of and also going out of town. I forgot about it in the process of those two things. Um, but now that we're back, maybe I'll catch up. Okay. But I am here. So anything y'all talked about on the, the episode immediately before this, I will not get any references. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We'll catch you up. But first, we've got some poll results. The people voted and my chair's ricochet got a nine out of ten. Very nice. Uh, yeah. Pretty on par for me, I think. It's the highest we've gotten so far. We haven't got a perfect 10 yet. I'm not sure we ever will just because opinions can differ so much. Right, yeah. Maybe all too well will get a 10, but other uh, than that. I don't, I don't know. know. I feel like there's some all too well haters out there. We'll see. No, I want I want that one to get a 10. I know. It's the one that deserves a 10, but we'll see. Yeah. Do we have any pod business to chat about other than Kimberly's return? Nope. Still growing on the social media. If you're not following us there, get your ass over there. Follow us on all of them. Our TikTok is up and coming. We get a lot more likes and views than we have followers. So give us a follow over there. Yeah. What are you doing if you're liking and viewing our shit, but you're not following us? That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you like it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to say those people are pedophiles. <laughs> <laughs> then don't. <laughs> Why would you? Let's get right into the news. <laughs> 
news from around the Taylorverse. Melbourne, Australia. Oh, yeah, that's how you say it. <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne. Uh, yeah, Taylor's in Australia, two weeks. <laughs> yep, she started out in Melbourne. Melbourne. And there was a lot of wild stuff going on. On night three, Taylor called Melbourne the love of my life, which is notable because there is a track on the Tortured Poets Department called L-O-M-L. So presumably that's what it stands for. I was going to say that we're assuming that that's what she means. Yeah, it's, it, everybody means thinks it's an Easter egg. Yeah. Maybe she means Lom. Lom. Lomo. Lomo. <laughs> Friend of the pod, an Australian native grass man was in Melbourne while the Ares tour was stopped there. And he said the city was a madhouse the entire time. So many people flooded the area just to be close to the action. Grassman really let the world down by not taking his wife to the show. Grassman has a wife and kids, and wife of Grassman was upset that he didn't get tickets. I am upset for the wife of Grassman. She deserves to go. <laughs> I wish we had gone all the way to Australia and seen it, you know. Yeah. That would have been cool. Uh, these would have been great shows to see. This I'm might sorry. be my favorite two-week stretch of the Eras tour yet. I mean, Taylor has been phenomenal. Yeah, it would have been iconic to be there. But yes, uh, Justin is a bit too afraid of spiders to ever go to Australia. So. It's true. <laughs> yeah, absolutely terrifying. <laughs> I can't risk it. <laughs> So two fans from Melbourne, (laughs) Melbourne, have claimed to have learned conclusively that the Taylor Nation account is actually Taylor's father, Scott Swift. Their handle is at chats and react. They're on a lot of stuff. They mostly do like reaction material. They used to do a lot of different music, but then when the era tour started, they really like niched down to just Taylor stuff. Their names are Bonnie and Emily, and they were DM'd by Taylor Nation on Instagram, and they were invited to attend night three. They had already bought tickets and attended one and two. They were given a VIP tent invitation for night three. When they got there, they were on the floor, and they were confused about where they were supposed to go, and they asked supposedly a member of Taylor's team, you know, somebody that worked there, where they need to go, and explain their situation. And the member of Taylor's team asked, who DM'd you? And the girl said, Taylor Nation, and the team member said, oh, that's Scott. Come this way. So that took off. They said that in one of their live streams. The internet is now losing their mind. Chats and Reacts posted after the show, not going into detail about that, so it makes me wonder if they were asked not to, but they did say that Scott was in the tent and gave him handwritten letters from Taylor. He hung out and chatted with them. They said in their Instagram post, he was the sweetest, kindest, most down-to-earth man. He told us he loves our videos, and he was so happy that we could be there. Oh, and of course, he gave us guitar picks. So, Taylor Nation, Scott Swift confirmed? Question mark? Do we have any evidence other than their account? Only have their account. Proof of any sort. And it was during the show, and it took off. Like, it spread like wildfire across the internet. So, I think we've talked about this before, but, like, it's been rumored for a while that it was Scott. Um, it's my headcanon. I only want it to be Scott. <laughs> yeah, so I think that there is other proof that's floating around. I don't remember what that proof is off the top of my head. But I do know that people have been talking about it for a while. But I personally think that some of the stuff that Taylor Nation posts, it'd be a little weird. Like the voice that it's written, it seems weird. Yeah. Mad. <laughs> it would make sense if maybe Scott was like the main photographer for Taylor right, Nation. Like part of the and team. Taylor Nation was like a team. Yes. Yeah. 
because yeah. he's always got that dad two-handed picture taken ass self going on. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but in other news, you know, Scott Swift always gives out guitar picks. This is the thing he's done for a long time before the Eras tour. Travis has been promoted by Scott. Travis also now has pockets full of guitar picks to hand out at shows, and he did it the two nights that he was present. Well, Scott doesn't have the novelty that Travis has now. The novelty of Scott Swift is worn off. <laughs> Another fan at the Melbourne shows went into labor during yeah. the And because she thought the contractions were Braxton Hicks contractions and not actual labor contractions, she decided to ride it out and stay until the end. She then went to the hospital and she realized, I think maybe this is actually happening. And it was. Had the baby. And the baby's middle name is Taylor. After ah, <laughs> I like that. I like that spelling. I love that. Can you? Do you think her water broke? And she was just like, okay. oh, "I'm really sweaty." So Justin told me about this uh, a couple days ago. We were in the car, and as someone who has gone into labor, labored for twelve hours, and then ended up having a C-section, I do not understand how this person was just hanging out at the show and stay till the end i do not understand it adrenaline he paid a lot of money to be there so even if she did (laughs) recognize that she was in labor maybe it was worth it to her to stay on a monetary level it was worth it right that's crazy there's paramedics at the show yeah just wave them over i mean it is kind of a baller move to say you know i had a baby yeah But uh, me personally could not have done it. I only lasted a few hours before I was like, give me them sweet, sweet drugs. (laughs) (laughs) On night two, Taylor gave the 22 hat to TikToker Oliver Mills. Mm -hmm. She recognized him when she got down to give him the hat, said, I love your videos. You're so funny. And then she pointed at his wrist as he was just starstruck by her. And she said, give me one of those friendship bracelets. Obviously, he gave her one, and it was hilarious. It was hilarious. He was uh, just frozen in front of her. <laughs> yeah, he was, like, dancing it up until she got, like, right in front of, of him. And then he he gave, like, a step-by-step, like, recount of it on his TikTok. And he is so funny. I did not know who he was until this incident. And then now I'm following. He has two different TikToks. He has, like, a TikTok and then, like, a other TikTok. I don't know what they're called. You know, like a Finsta, but... I don't know what they're called. Yeah. Anyway. A thick flock? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I follow both of them now because he is hilarious. But he was breaking down his interaction with her. And he was like talking about how he was like, this is it. Like, she's going to pull me onto the stage. And, like, she wants, you know, me to run away with her forever or whatever, you know. And this is a moment. <laughs> oh, no, no. I remember what it was. He said she gestured towards his hand. And he, in that moment, looked down and realized Vince was like, she's asking for one of my fingers. How do I cut off? What finger <laughs> am I going to give Taylor Swift? Well, I mean, I guess I could give her a pinky. No, maybe if I give her a thumb, that would be better. He was like, I stood there and 20 seconds decided what finger I was going to cut off. And how I was going to get it off and give it to Taylor in this scene full of people. Then I realized she was asking for a friendship bracelet. I love her little, like, she's just like a little gremlin. She's like, give me one of those. Yeah. If Taylor asks for a finger, I'm giving her my whole hand. Like, <laughs> you know. Chop it off the whole thing. Yep. Let her worry about it, you know. He is very funny, though. Very funny guy. In the less humorous news, but still good. <laughs> it's not funny. It's just, <laughs> Taylor has started doing mashups. As surprise songs. 
Yeah. She's in her wow. DJ era. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have listened to them, have you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my so god, good. they're great. I love them so much. They were originally like super surprising. And now it's like aftershocks of the first surprise. It's like if she doesn't do one, I'm gonna get I'm gonna be a little hurt. I know I'm curious to see how long the mashup thing seems to go. Or like is is it gonna be mashups from here on out or like is she gonna stop doing them at some point? Night one, she, you know, announced the bolter and we talked about that in last week's episode and then starting with night two, all bets were off. That first one that shocked the nation, the mashup heard round the world. <laughs> was an acoustic guitar mashup of Getaway Car into August into the other side of the door. Which on the surface doesn't sound like, it it kind of gives you whiplash on on like paper. I would never have put those three songs together. Also very notable that August is on the set list. She's already sang it once that night. So she meant very important Easter eggs all over the damn thing. Yeah, you got two good songs, and then you've got the other side of the door. But oh, God, uh, no, a lot of people like that song. Yeah, but it's the bridge of other side of the door, and it works. Like I don't really care or love for that song. Like it, it's kind of a middle of the road thing for me. Whatever. But as we've talked about many times, Taylor Swift give her a civil engineer degree because that woman knows how to build a bridge. She can and, build a bridge. Like. It's just the bridge and it's amazing and it works. That's what I was saying. Like on the surface, this does not look like it should work. Three different songs, but thematically the same jam together, but it worked. It worked. It worked so good. The uh, the common running theme for the listener without any critical reading skills is <laughs> one, they're all about cheating. One is from the perspective of the cheater. One is the other person and one is the person being cheated on. So people are saying that Joe Alwyn should be very scared. Yeah, all of these mashups, I I put it in in the Cowboys group chat earlier, but all of these mashups, if they are any indication of what is going to be on TTPD, which it seems like that's what she's pointing at, Joe Alwyn needs to go into hiding for the rest of his life. Just go ahead and change your name. Maybe get facial reconstruction. And run away. Hide your kids and hide your wife because we're going to find you. (laughs) We don't find The Swifties Swifties could find him. So she ripped everybody a new one with Getaway Car, August, the other side of the door, and then played This Is Me Trying on piano. Heart-wrenching. Just bangers from beginning to end. Oh, yeah. Night three, she did it again. She came back out, did it again. Played an acoustic guitar mashup of Come Back, Be Here into Daylight before playing Teardrops on My Guitar on the piano. Yeah. We really? made this joke at the beginning of the era tour. Wind the podcast back. We said, how wild would it be if she plays teardrops on my guitar on piano? And we got it. Did she change the lyrics to teardrops on my piano? She did not. Damn. No, but she her, did not. She did include the original lyric of, well, damn. It's the yeah. word. Damn, damn confirmed on debut. Debut uh, damn confirmed. But yeah, if you're an OG Swifty, you know where the damn goes in that song. <laughs> So does yeah, but she was also a child the first time she recorded debut. Damn it, Madeline. Did you hear his joke? No. God, what did he say? I said, so does Taylor, because she's a civil engineer, so she knows where the damn goes. <laughs> she is. Give her that degree. She's a doctor. Yeah. Is that what her honorary doctorate is in? Civil engineering? Yeah. You civil engineering. It's from uh, <laughs> Alter Bridges and Dam. 
Yeah. As a person who personally really loves the song Come Back Be Here and Daylight, but specifically Daylight, that was a great mashup as well. I was not expecting that to be to be that good either. And um, yeah, Teardrops is, was really good. I had another thing to say about Teardrops and I don't remember, but it doesn't matter. Okay. It sounds so good in her grown, mature voice. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah. So night three, she also mentioned new stuff. She says she no longer has any rules regarding choosing what surprise songs to play. They can be repeated. They can be mashups, songs that are already on the set list, whatever. She doesn't care. She also rambled right here and said something to the effect of like, I don't want to take any paint colors out of the paint box. And then she said, I don't want to take, I don't want to take any tools out of the toolbox. You know, you know, the, um, the, the, I forget what she called it. She didn't say metaphor, but she was like, you know, the phrase I'm getting at. And, I was sitting there watching it going, no, I genuinely don't know, Taylor. That's not a saying. (laughs) No, that's a big Kim energy, though. Yes, exactly. Rules really do eat her panties. They do. (laughs) Uh, She's just like you for real, Kim. She is just like me. (laughs) I love her for that. I'm going to start saying, I'm not going to take any any colors out of the paint box. (laughs) Taylor's a ding-ass, just like us. Oh, no, we... (laughs) I haven't been on the podcast since I have a new saying. A chemism. <laughs> a chemism. Is that what we're calling them? Yes. So I do it. So I'm sure I've said it on the podcast. I say it all the time. But I like to call people ding-dongs. I like to call myself yeah. a ding-dong. And then obviously everybody's familiar with dumbass. So at the hospital, <laughs> I was sleeping. <laughs> and I referred to myself as a ding-ass. And so that is... <laughs> my go-to since so now everyone and everything is a ding ass especially myself when I cannot remember what I'm doing why I walked into a room why I did something that doesn't make any sense I look at my newly born child and I say why did mom do that oh it's because she's a ding ass (laughs) (laughs) awesome yeah and then after Taylor finished up her Melbourne shows she moved on to Sydney also in Australia, Sydney. Yeah. Sydney. There are at least two cities in Australia confirmed. We know that now. We did not previously. There may be more. We cannot say. I was going to say I'm very familiar with four, and that's it. I can name two others. <laughs> Taylor and the team spent some time exploring Sydney ahead of the shows. She was spotted going out to dinner with Sabrina Carpenter, who was opening for her in Australia. You love to see it. Taylor and the team were spotted visiting the Sydney Zoo and checking out some of those terrifying ass Australian animals. I hope they don't have spiders at the zoo. Probably not. They fed a. Oh, they definitely do. Yikes. I wouldn't want to go see them. Oh, yeah. Terrifying animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Keep them far from me. But Taylor. I can't believe, like, I I would not. I mean, okay. My heart loves Steve Irwin, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think I could bring myself be going to some Australia zoos. Those are scary places. Full of scary things. I'd want to see koalas. Yeah. You know, kangaroos, wallabies, all that fun stuff. But the spiders and shit is right out. All the bugs. If that's any zoo for me, though. I don't want to go in the reptile rooms and the snake. Mm-mm. All of that stuff is out. I just want I want <laughs> animals. I'd go see the dingoes, you know. They're cool. The ding asses. The ding <laughs> The ding <laughs> Mm-hmm. Man, those kangaroos could take you out. That's true. 
I wouldn't put it past Justin to challenge a kangaroo to a fight. After I got into Foster's, you know, Australian for beer, and then me and the kangaroo would dance. I was going to say, all it would take was someone looking at Justin and being like, you wouldn't fight that kangaroo, and then he'd be fighting the kangaroo. Yep, pop my shirt, <laughs> jump over the side. All it takes. I think we could Tell do it if it was just... I think we could pull it off if it was just like us and Justin. But if Justin's brother is there, he's he's fighting the kangaroo. Yeah, yeah. Justin could tell us no for sure. Like we'd be like, "Oh, you won't do it. You won't do it." He'd just like shut up and walk away. But if Justin's brother was there and he was like, "You won't fight that kangaroo," Justin's already in the enclosure. <laughs> Speaking of the zoo, Taylor went back the next day after travis landed from his long ass flight to australia i'm sure he was the the joke is that she was uh, telling him jet lag is a choice the whole time but taylor and travis had a zoo date with their child sabrina carpenter (laughs) (laughs) yep they were papped by drones and zoo employees and it was shown on australian news nice that seems like they didn't really have much news to talk about that night but (laughs) yeah when travis went with taylor and, and crew back to the zoo. They fed a tiger some meats. Some meats. Some meats. Yeah. Um, That's scary. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. A mural of Taylor has been painted on Crown Street in Sydney. It features Taylor wearing a large gold 87 necklace and looking very intense. 87, okay. famously Travis Kelsey's number. No, you don't say. Ah. If anybody that was traumatized by the old show, Ott show, America's Next Top Model, in that mural, Taylor looks like she's smizing. Oh, hell yeah. That is the mural. Go look it up. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. She's smizing. Yeah, I've not seen the paint. mural, but as soon as you said, anyone who's familiar with America's Next Top Model, I was like, where the hell is this going? <laughs> no, you're with me now. You know exactly what the mural looks like. Yes, yes, <laughs> I am familiar. Taylor announced yet another Tortured Poets Department variant. This one is called the Albatross Edition. Yeah, it's a slightly darker shade, just like Kim was calling. Like I said, Kim's clown corner last time. We hope they're going to do the Spectrum. I'm I'm so ready. There's so many options for what the Spectrum could be. It could include rep. It could not include rep. It really just depends. But I do like the color Spectrum theory. But I have also seen a lot. Madeline and I have been tagging each other back and forth on a lot of TikToks today. But specifically, all of the things of like an albatross doesn't like flies for six years before landing. Taylor and Joe were together for six years. There's a whole thing about the albatross hotel versus the Bowery Hotel. Yeah, absolutely. There, there was uh, an unrequited love and a fire. Yeah, yeah. On Coney Island. <laughs> it's crazy how all of these are just pointing to the fact that Joe Allen is about to have his ass ripped out and handed to him. <laughs> yeah, Albatross also has several literary references, which of course she's got to be referencing because it's the tortured poet department. So, I mean, Joe is, he's shit out of luck, my guy. Ryan with Ancient Mariner, Samuel Taylor Coleridge. You know, Absolutely, Al- yep. Albatross represents, you know, goodness, innocence. He kills it. Look at there. And then he's cursed forever. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that is, that's one of them. Uh, on a lighter note, the less Joe Allen, more Travis Kelsey. Um, <laughs> Travis was, he went and visited Taylor in Sydney and they went to the zoo and he went to two shows. But after those two days, he has already flown back. He had more post Super Bowl shenanigans to attend in his own work life. He brought one of his buddies. Why can't I think of his first name? His last name's Travis. 
Ross. Ross Travis. That sounds right. Anyway, he brought one of his buddies because everybody was like, Taylor kept bringing her crew. You have also got to bring your crew. You need to step up. She showed up for you. You need to show up for her. So uh, he showed up, brought his buddy, wore and passed out friendship bracelets, passed out guitar picks. At the end of the show, uh, we got footage of him backstage uh, high-fiving all of Taylor's dancers and band members and stuff. And the joke is that he's sitting there going, good game, good game, good game, good game, good game. And I'm telling you, he doesn't know anything else. He's like, this is what you do at the end of a performance like this. (laughs) His buddy is the one that Taylor, like, hangs out with the most in uh, the boxes at the games and stuff. His name is either Ross or Russ, but I think it's Ross. I just know that his last name is his best friend's first name. So they're meant to be. Very funny. I had an uncle briefly whose first name oh, yes. was my last name. Yes. But he married into the family. So he wasn't named name. He right. was he was named That's in wild. His last name. Right. right. Yes. We did go visit some of Justin's family to introduce the baby to to them. And that uncle was briefly mentioned a few times in conversation to me by the, the aunt who married him. And I was confusion for 0.5 seconds because I did forget that he existed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what is this? What are these words that you're saying to me? And then I was like, oh, 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 that was a person. Yes. Suffice it to say, yeah. my last name is not a name that should be someone's first name. It's really weird. Yeah. It's like, like this. <laughs> Let's move on. Katy Perry attended one of the city shows, as did Blink-182. Now, Madeline, you put Blink-182 in there. Did the whole band come? I saw Mark Hoppus. There. It was it was a it was a group of them. It wasn't the entirety of Blink-182, but it was a group of them and some kids. I was going to say, if Travis Barker showed up at a Taylor Swift concert... I don't think it was Travis Barker. Let me look at who all went. But I, the joke I saw... <laughs> The joke I saw online was that like 65% of the Blink-182 and band visit Taylor Swift. Okay, that makes more sense. Because I was going to say, Travis Barker would be exiled from the Kardashian family almost immediately. Presumably Tom yeah. was there also, but I didn't yeah. see it. Yeah, probably. And the surprise song, Mashups Continued in Sydney. Yeah, she can't stop, won't stop. She's in her DJ era. Night one was super interesting because there was a rain delay to the show. There was some inclement weather, so they had to postpone the entire show by an hour. Meaning, Sabrina Carpenter, because of the local noise ordinances and things, they had to cut the opener. Sabrina Carpenter wasn't able to perform. So people were paying attention to her. Like Cameras were paying attention to her in the VIP tent. She was up there with Travis and them. And she left the tent about 45 minutes into the show, into Taylor's set. And there's uh, like footage of her and like crew taking her away. Everybody was like, why is Sabrina leaving? And like some people were saying that she was dissing Taylor. And everybody else was like, no, 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 wait. She's going to come out for surprise songs. And she did. It was really awesome. Taylor played How You Get the Girl on guitar before she went over to the piano, invited Sabrina up. And she and Sabrina sang White Horse into a Coney Island mashup. And if you know anything about Sabrina Carpenter and have seen her earliest YouTube days before Disney, there is footage of her at nine years old singing White Horse. And people are lining it up with her singing White Horse with Taylor now. And it's, oh, I cry. I was going to say, it'll make you cry. (laughs) It will make you cry. It's so good. But it was also really cool of her to, uh, you know, because Sabrina did not get to perform that first night in the stadium arena. Yep. Night two, we got double mashup. So double drop confirmed, double mashup. 
she played an acoustic guitar mashup of Should Have Said No into You're Not Sorry, debut and fearless, before playing another mashup on the piano of New Year's Day into Peace, wrapped into folklore. Which I also, when I heard New Year's Day into Peace, I was like, that's not going to work. But it does. And it's also like, it was the when I listened to it, it was the moment when I was like, well, I wouldn't better put his running shoes on because this (laughs) album is going to rip him a new one. Yeah, uh, slightly shoehorning some Gaylor's area to hear people say New Year's Day and Peace are both about Carly Claw and that mm-hmm. it's a Gaylor's wet dream that she plays them as a matchup. Yeah. <laughs> More Easter egg notes, though. Should have said no, and You're Not Sorry are both track nine, and New Year's Day and Peace are both track 15. So everybody's like, September 15th? What? As soon as you said that, that's where my brain went. <laughs> you were like, exactly. I didn't track 15, and I was like, so what's happening on September 15th? <laughs> You're a clown like the rest of us. Yeah, I don't like this this uh, place that my brain lives. I don't like this. <laughs> Night three is tonight, so we don't know yet what the mashup will be, but we'll see. Assuming it's going to be yet another mashup. Yeah. Yep. And I think it may be safe to assume that. I was going to say at this point, I feel like it's pretty safe until we get to the next stop on tour, which is Singapore. Is that right? Something I believe like that. that's correct, but I don't know. I haven't looked past my own nose this week. Speaking of noses, <laughs> Has won a bunch of awards this week. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a perfect segue, and I will not be taking notes on it at this time. And breaking records. First off, Cruel Summer is now Taylor's longest running top 10 single on the Billboard Hot 100. It will not drop out of the top 10. It just keeps staying in there. And it passed Anti Hero this week to take the top spot. Mm-hmm. Also, on Wednesday, the IFPI announced that Taylor became the number one global artist of the year for the second year in a row and her fourth number one overall. She's the first ever four-time global artist of the year winner. Crushing it. Yeah. Somebody else has won two in a row, like one other person. So she joined them in that, but she's the first ever with four. And she won four People's Choice Awards. She was nominated for five. Uh, She won Concert Tour of the Year for the Eras Tour. Pop Artist of the Year, Social Celebrity of the Year, and Female Artist of the Year. She's now the most awarded artist in People's Choice Awards history with 20 wins. And when you Google search Taylor Swift, Golden Heart Emojis cascade up the screen to commemorate her win. Yeah, Uh, Google and Taylor have been really close this past year, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Taylor is a Google PSYOP confirmed. (laughs) Confirmed. The Tortured Poets Department. You've heard of it. You haven't heard the songs. None of us have. But one day we hope to. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One day. Taylor said that if you refuse to remember long titles, you may just call it Tortured Poets. And I may even go further and just call it Poets. Because that's how I've been thinking of it in my mind. Yeah, I doubt I'm even going to call it anything outside of TTPD from now on. Which sounds like like TTPD. I like TTPD because it sounds like a police department, but she's definitely calling us all dumb, right? Like she's standing on the Aaron's door stage and goes, if you refuse to remember long title. That, and she's calling out all of the the dum-dums, the dang asses like myself, whose brains constantly call it the Dead Poets Society. We're all doing it. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, Taylor. I've already done this. I was a Fallout Boy fan in the mid-aughts. Mm-hmm. Back when they were still doing long, ironic titles and quotes and yeah. things as titles. And we didn't do it then. We didn't memorize those titles. 
we would take like two words. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you think that we're we're calling your albums by their full length names when you have more than one word, you're misinterpreted. Because true. The one that has two words being speak now, we call speak later because we're assholes. Yeah. <laughs> more TTPD clownery. Fans have noticed that the text appearing on the back of the three vinyl variants that we've gotten. People say it seems to be pieces of erasure poetry, or also known as blackout poetry. I kind of had this thought myself before I saw it online, but there are more qualified people talking about it online that I was able to listen to their theories. This art is when a poet erases or removes words from a block of text. They'll take a full paragraph, erase some things, or scratch them out, and create a poem with the remaining words as they lie. The speculation is by the time we have all of these vinyl variants, we'll have the full block of text. All of the words will magically align. Yeah, I've seen people already talking about like laying the pictures over one another and see if the, the words line up and make any sort of sense. And people were referring back to when the midnight variants started coming out and we were like, why are there random numbers? And then it turned out to be a clock. Like, is this exactly these will mean clock? something? It's a poem clock. It's a clock. Uh, it tells time. No, Sarah um, helps you tell time. I like the erasure poetry theory, but as we've gotten three variants now, it looks less likely. It might all come together in the end, but we'll see. The other theory that I saw today is that the back covers are going to be a braid poem. These are typically three storylines or perspectives that come together to weave a story. Uh, usually it's three inner poems that stand alone, but when they are put together, they complete a full picture. That's neat. We already have three variants. If we only stayed with three, that would be really compelling. But she's been on a four kick, it seems, for the past yeah. little while. And I do think there is a potential that there's five, personally. Yeah, with the color game thing. Yes. So, I mean, that's assuming that the the, the final piece of the puzzle isn't Rep TV, which it definitely could Right, because be. it could be. Yeah, it could be. But if it's not, then there could be a fifth piece of the puzzle. If it is Rep TV, there could still also be a piece of the puzzle because who's to say she can't change up the back cover of Rep TV from what it was. Right. She can do whatever she wants. (laughs) True. We'll see. In other news, Taylor Swift may have given up on London, but London hasn't given up on her. (laughs) Is that better? (laughs) That was a lot better. Lundian. <laughs> Lundian. <laughs> immediately fumbled. It. I was going to say, he was so proud of himself that he fumbled it. Immediately. <laughs> got me again. London's Victoria and Albert Museum is looking for a British Swifty to serve as their super fan advisor who can help curate Taylor Swift collections for them. The VNA specializes in art, design, and performance. So they're in an art museum, more broadly. The Swifty SFA is going to need to be especially familiar with fan-made items, like uh, homemade signs and friendship bracelets and, and, and etc. That's what they're uh, currently focusing on. The museum already has superfan advisors for Pokemon cards, Lego, something called Toby Jugs, and Gorp Core clothing. I assume those last two are just Super British things. I was going to say, please, can someone tell me, do either of you know what the fuck Gorp Core is? (laughs) Okay. I did not know what it was until two seconds ago when I Googled it on the computer that is in front of me. And it seems to be puffy jacket and like track pants. Okay. I am familiar with this. I didn't know it was called Gorp Core. (laughs) 
it, it seems to be paired with or without a beanie. Some people are doing the beanie thing. Some people are not doing the beanie thing. But it seems to be puffer jackets. And like North Face is seen several times here. North Face in Columbia. So. Did you also Google Toby Jugs? No, but I will. I don't know what that is either. Toby Jugs sounds like a like a uh, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> I need to put this on our social media so that yeah. our listeners that are not, what did you call them? Lundian? That are not Lundian? Oh my, I need to, I'm going to take a picture of this and send it in the group chat. But just so for our listeners, for the visually impaired, so the Toby Jugs are absolutely terrifying. I will put them on our social media for sure so that uh, people can see them. And I've also shared a picture of them to the Cowboys Like Us staff chat for your viewing, Justin and Kim. Yes. Um, for our visually impaired listeners, they are terrifying. Toby jugs seem to be cup or mugs or like teapots, vases. They seem to hold decanters. They seem to hold liquid. And they are sculpted to look like scary faces, like caricature faces. Some of them look very old. Some of them look like pirates. Some of them look like old ladies or like witches. Some of them look like, like I've got like a pirate here and I've got like some settlers of America, the Revolutionary War. There's one here that looks like Zorro. These things are wild. Yeah, they're weird. I don't, I don't, I don't like them. They have all the features of a face. So like they have the nose and the eyebrows and the wrinkles and stuff. So if you were to touch these, I I bet it would be somewhat disturbing. As someone who has a collection of salt and pepper shakers, I fully understand why this is a thing that people collect. (laughs) But they're terrifying. Okay. Slightly deeper research says that these were really popular in the 18th century. So think 1700s. Okay, so they're antiques. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Anyway, um, at this art museum, they have somebody who is apparently a super fan advisor. And I'm sure they got paid plenty of money for it. I can already picture what that person looks like, acts like, <laughs> talks like. <laughs> of super fan advisors, they're also looking for ones specializing in Crocs footwear. Amazing. Drag and more. So here's my question. Do you want to have to be a British citizen to apply for this job? Do you want the Crocs job? Well, I'll take the Swifty job, but if I can't have the Swifty job, I will take the Crocs job. They did specify British. Tag yourself. I'm drag. Kim is Crocs. And Justin is emoji. Josie is and more. Yeah. <laughs> Josie's gonna get really into gork core so that he can help <laughs> or advisor, sorry. Okay, but British British Swifty, British croc enthusiast, can I apply for citizenship and then qualify for the job? Because I will do it. I am not tied to this country. <laughs> we'll see. I don't know. We can look into it. I'll do it. I, I will become a citizen of somewhere else if I need to. Museum director Dr. Tristram Hunt said, quote, these new advisory roles will help us celebrate and discover more about the enormous and often surprising creative diversity on offer at the VNA, as well as helping us to learn more about the design stories that are relevant to our audiences today, end quote. Interesting museum. I, I would visit. Get in it. For sure. Yeah. I would, I would go to see their Taylor Swift collection and this Crocs collection that they're about to have. <laughs> super I want to the Pokemon card. Yeah, that'd be fun too. And the Lego. Uh, I think I'm going to avoid the Toby Jugs section. Oh, you have to see them just once. They look terrifying. 
I'm down for the gore core, though. I'll go through there. <laughs> Speaking of horrifying carved visages. <laughs> yep. Okay. That was-, <laughs> that was good. That was good. Yeah. There's what's what's going on on the internet this week? There is a rumor circulating that Taylor is going to be added to Mount Rushmore in the place of Thomas Jefferson. They're taking him off and they're putting Taylor on. Huzzah. Amazing. There have been a lot of Swifties and just like citizens of South Dakota who um, have come to Taylor Swift's defense, really, you know, making the point that Thomas Jefferson was a shitty person. And so he um, deserves to get removed and replaced by Taylor. But yes, Madeline, would you like to share your, your thoughts? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I saw this on the internet as our social media person. I was diving in the internet as I do. And I saw the rumor being shared of people who don't seem to think that it's for sure happening, but they seem to think that it is in the works and that it's being talked about. People were claiming that it's like on the floor of the state house. Like they're, they're, they're discussing it. Uh, somebody, after I had already brought this to the staff, Kim came across a video and sent it to me where this guy just straight, he's like, I voted on this yeah, and yeah. it's going to happen and it's going to help the economy of South Dakota and none of you care about it. So um, it's insane. But Kim saw the origin. Kim was on the ground floor of this. Yes, the origin. I saw it days ago before this took off. So it was really funny coming into it that Madeline texted and said, oh my God, have you heard this rumor? And I was like, this is hilarious because, (laughs) and I cannot believe that this person's TikTok actually took off in the way that they wanted it to. And I actually found the original, so I can cite who it was by. It was by a creator whose uh, handle is blink, the number one, Katie to double underscore. <laughs> nice. So it was started by her. She got on TikTok and made a TikTok saying, how does one start a celebrity rumor? How do you get it off the ground? How do you get it going? Because I want to start a rumor that Taylor Swift is being added to Mount Rushmore strictly just to piss off conservatives. I want it on Fox News. I want it to blow up. So how do I get it to blow up? You know, I want it to be like, you know, it's helping the South Dakota economy. Like, that's why we need it, whatever. So people got into the comments and started telling her, you know, you should write an article and start spreading it around. You should uh, create a petition. You should do this, this, that, and the other. And so it seems that all of the Swifties and just the internet trolls who wanted to see the conservatives have a bad time hopped on the the train. Indeed. And thus far, no major news outlet including fox news has right has bought in yeah i do think it's a little too easy to find hers her tiktok saying i want this to be a troll thing basically that i don't think any of the news outlets who do even a bit of research (sighs) you say that kim (laughs) so many of our news stations don't even do and inkling of research and or at least the mainstream ones specifically said none of the ones that do a bit, of, just a bit of research now i am not putting it past the ones that do not fact check anything to have it all yeah. there but it's, it's gonna be rough like if if former president donald trump doesn't say something about it then we haven't hit peak fake news 
it seems like most people's goal on i've seen it uh, talk about it on tiktok of course threads and now instagram people are giving themselves like an end goal of like easter they're like i want my racist uncle talking about this at easter yeah which i do think that is hilarious and I, I think that is potentially how long it'll take to get to those people, truly, from, yeah. from our side of the internet <laughs> to their side of the internet. But I do think it's funny, especially because former President Trump, as you mentioned, has already been talking about Taylor recently. So I wouldn't put it past him to see this and then on his own and then take off and then his, you know, advisors and stuff be like, oh, no, they got you, dude. <laughs> this is fake. <laughs> Indeed. We'll see. We'll see. Keep an eye on it. Yep. Let's move on to Short Watch. Short Watch. On Billboard Artist 100, Taylor is still number one, undisputed champion of Earth. <laughs> on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart, Cruel Summer dropped two spots. It's now at number six. And Is It Over Now stayed put at number 18. On the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, 1989 TV is up two to number six. Lover is up two to number seven. Midnight's is down three to number eight. Folklore is down two to number 16. Reputation down five to number 20. Speak Now TV down one to number 26. Evermore down six to number 32. Red TV down five to number 33. Fearless TV up seven to number 56. And 1989 stolen for the third week in a row goes two spots to number 63 this time. I need people to get out of here with that noise. I am <laughs> why? All I'm saying at this point, all I'm saying, you know, it's no judgment. But if you still listen to 1989 stolen, you're a fake fan. That's all. That's all it is. <laughs> you heard it here first. I'll disagree. I don't disagree because the the Taylor's version is right there. You're it's you're just better. yeah. It's better. It's better. It's made by Taylor and Jack. Like, yeah. If you're listening to it, you love Scooter Braun. (laughs) (laughs) Hot take. And that should be taken as an insult. (laughs) I hope that hurt your feelings. (laughs) Refer back to the My Tears Ricochet episode for details. (laughs) Kimberly, since you are back, is the Clown Corner also back? No. Okay. Not this week. There's not, you know, any fun slippery to go along with evermore necessarily. And we have a lot we've, of news, so. Yeah, and we've touched on a couple of clowny things. Yes, but yeah, coming soon. There will be some trips to the corner. Don't worry. All right. Well, then for now, let's just move on to the song of the week. Evermore was originally released on the album of the same name in December of 2020. It was written by Taylor Swift. William Bowery, a.k.a. Joe Alwyn. Boo. Fuck him. And Justin Vernon, a.k.a. Bonnie Bear. Yay. Woo. <laughs> Here's my question real quick. Why bother with the William Bowery alias when Taylor herself confirmed, like, almost immediately that that's who it is? There's a theory. There's some clownery. There's some theory. There's some conspiracy stuff that says that, you know, Joe and Taylor was you know, a protective PR beard relationship for whatever reason or whatever, you know, after the reputation era. And that part of their deal was in being in a relationship was to win, she would win Joe Alwyn a Grammy or some awards by tacking his name onto some of her work, whether he had anything to do with it or not. And the theory goes that she wrote William Bowery as a fake person and 
held it over his head, threatened, you know, got to some sort of means to an end and was then like, when the, why can't I think of that folklore thing? Anyway, when the folklore, uh, is that what you're talking about? Yes, I just could not think of that off the top of my head. When that came out is when she finally told, told everybody, yeah, that's, that's a joke. Yeah, whatever. Okay, sure. But in the world, and I don't think that's necessarily a thing. That's just what, that is uh, definitely what the internet has to say about that. Yeah, so on a non like beard related yeah. personal theory, I think he's just a pretentious asshole. <laughs> that could be. I think it that's could be it. that like William Bowery is secretly like his alter ego, his Superman self that he dreamt himself to be, and she's like teasing on that. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's a dude who listens to jazz and like mm-hmm. has some strong feelings, you know. Mm-hmm on jazz and like he reads poetry and he thinks it's about him he really gets it man he definitely drinks ipas oh god (laughs) he's the main character yeah yes exactly he is the main character he drinks ipas and he lets you know about it he's also like a wine enthusiast and yeah it's like i think of the cringiest fucking person you can and that's who he is yeah the last person on earth you'd want to hang out with the smallest man who ever lived maybe Perhaps. 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 It's just, I don't know. He just gives, and the William Bowery of it all gives, listen to an indie record that's much cooler than mine. Mm-hmm. Yep. He is her modern day Jake <laughs> Here's the thing Travis Kelsey, he fucks. Yeah. I presume he fucks Taylor, but we don't know that. <laughs> but he fucks. Taylor watches while he fucks other people. He fucks somebody. Yeah, somebody's getting fucked. Joe Alwyn, (laughs) I'm convinced, has never boned. Uh, Oh, agreed. Agreed. (laughs) Joe Alwyn has never seen Taylor Swift naked. While he cries. While he cries. Yeah. Because he's ashamed. He uses his tiny little boy dick. He uses his tears for loop. That's it. But if, you know, some of the theories around this new album, they are correct, then he fucks precisely one person, and it was in order to cheat on Taylor. It was not Taylor Swift. Yeah, it wasn't Taylor. It was another girl who, in her own right, kind of gives, like, child vibes, which then again, I'm like, bro, what is your type? Okay, anyway, what, you know. If he... he Also, Scooter Girl... I mean, it's giving Scooter Braun, am I right? I don't know, If he has had sex, Joe Alwyn, yeah. he kept his socks on. And not, it's like, a <laughs> just like, I don't know, he was weird. He, was weird about it. he didn't want his feet to get cold. Did know? he get undressed at all? Was it just like a slight push down of the pants? Like a toddler at the urinal pad? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he took the pants off. It's it's a shirt boxer's tall socks kind of situation. Oh, okay, no, that's, that's better. That's better. No pants. <laughs> But boxers on, t-shirt on, socks on. Yeah. Like basically ready to go to bed, but let's just in the dark with the light in the off. dark for sure. Yeah, for God can't see our sin. <laughs> I was gonna say in the dark or either like every single light around is on and it's over in 30 seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. No matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I think you might could perform a little bit longer in the dark. Guys, guys, guess what? We're supposed to be talking about Evermore. We are. Yes. <laughs> and it was produced by Taylor Swift and Aaron Desner. <laughs> we haven't even gotten past our written by Chris. <laughs> hey, we do love Aaron Desner. 
Yes. And it peaked at number 57 on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. By not being a single. What has Taylor said about this song? A lot. Spoiler alert. A whole lot. All right. I'll kick it off. There were sort of the double meaning to the months and the feelings that are mentioned. One of the meanings is that I wrote this song and these lyrics when we were coming up to the election and I didn't know what was going to happen. I was almost preparing for the worst to happen and trying to see some sort of glimmer at the end of the tunnel. The song goes through walking in the forest barefoot in the middle of winter or standing on a balcony and letting the icy wind just hit you and you're catching your death. And then in the last chorus, the person goes inside and is finally warm and safe. It's about sort of the process of finding hope again. But it's also reflected back to an experience that I had that was pretty life-altering when I went through a bunch of bad stuff in 2016. July, November, during all of those times, I was just taking it day by day to get through, trying to find a glimmer of hope, all of that. So I was coming from both of those perspectives. We wrote it exactly the same way that we wrote Exile, where Joe wrote the piano. I based the vocal melody on the piano and we sent it to Justin, who then added that bridge. Joe had written the piano part so that the tempo speeds up and it changes. The music completely changes to a different tempo in the bridge. And Justin really latched onto that and just 100% embraced it and wrote this beautiful sort of the clutter of all your anxieties in your head. And they're all speaking at once. When we got the bridge back, I wrote this narrative of when I was shipwrecked, I thought of you, that sort of thing, where there was a beacon of hope. And then in the end, you realized the pain wouldn't be forever and that it could get better. So, yep, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff to say. So good. I love it. I feel like everything she said really comes across in the song, but we'll get to that in the lyrics. Certainly will. But first, let's hear what the critics have to say. Entertainment Weekly said, a musical representation of love bringing someone back from the brink with Justin Vernon's ghostly wail rising from the increasingly tumultuous music and ultimately serving as Swift's anchor. That is the best read I've ever done of anything in my life. (laughs) (laughs) The best popcorn read you've ever done. I'm going to call my middle school English teacher. (laughs) The Independent said, it expresses what many of us felt about 2020. NME called it a beacon of hope in the shit show that is 2020. Bruce said when Vernon in full multi-tracked upper register Bonnie Vare mode kicks in for the duet in the middle, there's a jolt of urgency that lands the redemptive ending. Whether it's about a crisis in love or a collective crisis of the pandemic or perhaps a bit of both and satisfyingly rounds off the album. Damn, Kim. Damn. Nailed it. Tyler's Tea Time says this Bon Iver collaboration isn't nearly as good as Exile. It's impossible not to compare the two songs. I'm sorry. The Marquette Messenger disagrees with Tyler and says it is impossible not to love this song. Highlight called it more watered down and not as emotionally intense as Exile. Wow. The Utah Statesman said, I got goosebumps while listening. And Vernon's falsetto is just as great as his lower register. The Utah Statesman. <laughs> yeah, it didn't mention Taylor, just talked about Bonnie Bear, but it's okay. I believe the Utah Statesman is the student newspaper of Utah State University. Oh, interesting. Okay. Statesman, get it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm. On to the fan reception. Do the fans enjoy it? Rob Sheffield. Big boy, Rob. 
Baby boy. Number 35 out of 243 songs. Nice. Said Taylor's title tracks are usually bangers, but Evermore is a pensive piano mediation. No meditation. Damn it. (laughs) I couldn't go three for three. Oh, I looked ahead. That's what got me. Meditation. Sorry. Where she sits alone by the fireside, trying to figure out how it all went so wrong. We know Tay grew up a hardcore Def Leppard fan, so it's no surprise the piano here echoes hysteria. Their saddest and most proto-Swiftian hit. She sang a fantastic hysteria with them on CMT in 2008. Bonnie Vare's Justin Vernon joins for the call and response bridge. Yeah, that just seems like facts, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) That's not an opinion, Rob. That's just a fact. Yeah, this doesn't seem like an opinion, Rob. I liked the callback to Death Leopard, though. You you can really see that in the piano, and I had not considered it before, but now that he said it, I can't unsee it. Yes, he finally made a a reference, an allusion to another artist. That kind of makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, good job, Rob. Good job. (laughs) I'm going to get one eventually. And then R slash Taylor Swift in their Evermore Survivor ranked Evermore the song, the ninth best out of 17 tracks on Evermore Deluxe. It is. I really like this song and this album. It has several high ranking songs on it for me. So I don't know if it'd be in the bottom half, though. It wouldn't for me, but we'll get to that. First, let's go to lyrics. Verse number one, gray November. I've been down since July. Motion capture. Put me in a bad light. I replay my footsteps on each stepping stone, trying to find the one where I went wrong, writing letters addressed to the fire. So, stepping stones. We know from Mike Here's Ricochet that Taylor has a thing for stones as a metaphor, a thing to talk about, right? This time she's using them to refer to her life, time, decisions she's made. Where did she step off the path and into the sad, lonely wilderness? Was it something she did? But it just happened to her, playing it over in her mind, trying to figure it out. And then the final line of the verse, final line of the first verse, is my favorite. Writing letters that she can't or she won't send ever. I've done that as a therapeutic exercise. A therapist advised me to do it once. (laughs) Write letters to the people that have wronged you, that you wish you could send, but, you know, ultimately would not be productive to do that. uh, And just get that out, you know. It's a weird time trying to do that i guess i'm just too messy you know messy bitch who lives for drama but <laughs> i want the people to know the mean things i'm writing about them yeah. i need them <laughs> to hurt like i've hurt i feel that publish it no that's also one of my favorite lines in the whole song and i have a lot of favorite lines in this one but writing letters addressed to the fire is chef's kiss yep hooks you into the song onto the chorus and i was catching my breath Staring out an open window, catching my death. And I couldn't be sure. I had a feeling so peculiar that this pain would be forevermore. This cold air actually caused illness other than hypothermia when it's really, really cold. My mom used to get on me about that. Don't go outside when it's cold. And if you do, you got to wear a jacket because if you don't, you'll catch a cold or, you know, pneumonia and you'll die. Right. But the common cold is a virus. Yeah. You don't get it from just the weather, surely. It very much seems like the the same of like, you can't swim until 30 minutes after you've eaten because you're going to drown and die. <laughs> yeah, I never understood that one. No, it, it's not a thing. It's just people yeah. 
Like moms didn't want to have to go immediately back out after lunch and watch you in the pool. So they just made up some dumb shit. I see. Or it's like having the dome light on in the car while you're driving. It's not illegal, kids. Do it to your parents and tell them. It's not a law. You're not going to get pulled over. You're just whiny. Although, you know, use your own judgment. You're the one who knows your dad. And if he's going to flip out and pull the car over and beat your ass bloody, you should. Maybe don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe if you feel like you could take your mom, do it to her. <laughs> No, I, what I was fact-checking was about the cold. Like I wanted to see, because I knew there was a correlation with cold and illness, but I didn't think it was about being cold, and it's not. You uh, you can't get sick other than hypothermia or frostbite just from being cold, whether it's like being cold inside or being cold out in the cold winter air, like Taylor's referencing here. But people are, significant populations of people are significantly more likely to be sick when it is cold outside because humans flock inside, and then we're just spreading our germs on each other. I see. Yeah, I'm from Alabama, so hypothermia was never something I needed to worry about. <laughs> so my mom was just on some yeah. bullshit. Again, I think it's just a thing that like people are told over and over and over again. So then when they're adults and they have children, they say it to their children too, and they don't know what they're talking about. Indeed. But when you're grieving or you're depressed, it can seem like you always have been and always will be. It's hard to remember that things were better once and that they can be better again. I definitely have struggled with depression at times in my life, and I can tell you that's a true feeling. Your brain lies to you, and it tells you that this is how it's always been and always will be. Life sucks, and it's going to forever. Mm-hmm. But it isn't so, as Taylor learns later in the song. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Verse number two. Hey, December. Guess I'm feeling unmoored. Can't remember what I used to fight for. I rewind the tape, but all it does is pause on the very moment all was lost, sending signals to be double-crossed. Madeline, we just heard the tiniest meow come from your side. I'm sorry, it was Kelly. No, it's fine. It was just so funny. Dustin was talking. There was just like the softest, just meow. Hopefully, hopefully the fans got it too. Taylor's trying desperately to figure out who she was before the bad things happened. You know, she has lost her sense of self, her identity, right? Trying to remember, but all she can think about is the moment where everything went wrong, which is good in a way because she finally found that stepping stone that she was Mm -hmm. looking for in the first verse. So progress has been made. She's found the moment. Unmoored, great nautical word, is tethered to reality by, you know, the good vibes, the good everything. And now, in her grief, she's become untethered. She's adrift, out to sea, floating aimlessly about in her own grief and misery, pushed every which way by the tides and currents. Very sad, grim stuff. And then, what she used to fight for, again, makes me think back to the song, My Tears Ricochet, the line, when I, I'd fight, you used to tell me I was brave without that encouragement. It's hard for her to even remember why she fought in the first place. And depression, again, it'll do that to you. Just really drain you of your energy and make fighting just seem like a whole thing. It's not worth doing because there is no hope of victory. So why? I think that visual is wild of the, uh, I rewind the tape, but all it does is pause. If some of our listeners didn't grow up with VHS tape, they had this thing where especially tapes that you had recorded off the TV. You could record whatever was on the TV at the time directly to a VHS tape. 
and these tapes could get damaged really easily and they would get stuck in places or they would like repeat or like the picture would go into this wavy like this they would scroll across the screen a couple of times it's interesting to think about your life as being on tape yeah and in a way taylor's life is on tape because she's such a public figure you know yeah everyone to see over and over again if they want there's layers to it there's layers to it it's like an onion and an ogre (laughs) and an ogre (laughs) (laughs) oh lord onto the bridge where we get mr justin vernon he's come in and him and taylor get into some you know interplay but first he's on his own can't not think of all the costs and the things that will be lost oh can we just get a pause to be certain we'll be tall again whether weather be the frost or the violence of the dog days i'm on waves out being tossed is there a line that i could just go cross and when i was shipwrecked can't think of all the costs now. And I thought of you. All the things that will be lost now. In the cracks of light. Can we just get a pause? I dreamed of you. <laughs> I can't do it. To be certain, we'll be tall again. If you think of all the cost. It was real enough. Whether weather be the frost. To get me through. Or the violence of the dog days. But I swear. Is there a line that we can just go cross? You were there. So, sunk cost fallacy ain't in a thing. I've mentioned it before <laughs> on this podcast, but I've never, I realized that Not I've really. never actually explained it. I've assumed everyone knows what it is. Mm. And perhaps I was rude to do that. So let's just do that right now. We're educating the people on this podcast. Give it to me. That's right. Basically what it means is uh, you're unwilling to quit something because you've already put so much time and effort and money, whatever it may be, into it. And if you quit, what was all that for? You know, you've wasted all that and you can't get it back. But staying with the thing means you just keep pouring more in that you also won't get back because it's a money pit or a love pit or a time pit. Actually just hurting yourself by staying and not just cutting your losses now, right? Mm-hmm. It's a very common thing. It's a very common thing. And it cost me yeah. in, in five years of my life. I actually specifically remember one of one of my various ec- economics teachers in college teaching us about it. Ah, Kim, you learned something in college. I'm from my economics class that I <laughs> failed twice and finally passed the third time. I don't remember which Congratulations. one. Congratulations. No, this gives the sunk cost fallacy thing and your description of it really gives you're losing me from the uh, oh, yeah. midnight. Yep. It's a thing that Taylor mentions. A lot. Taylor finds herself in these situations. And she ain't the only one, by all means. What does tall mean in this? Is it a paper rings reference? I think personally that it is. The line for paper rings is without all the X's, spikes, and flaws, we wouldn't be standing here so tall. So, you know, when you're in a good place, you're standing tall, proud, ready to take on the world. When you aren't, you're down low, you're on your knees. And, and he's just saying, we'll be tall again. We can be tall again. Right. Yeah. I think there's also a line in Long Rich that talks about standing tall. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to drag us on by looking it up. So, yeah. <laughs> and then is there a line that I could just go cross? You know, where's the finish line, right? I'm really in a bad cycle and I want it to end. How can I make that happen? Where's the finish line? How can. There's I... somebody I can just murder to make this all end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nobody, no crime. Cracks of light makes you think of daylight. Love is the light in the darkness. Taylor's down bad. 
but there are cracks of light in the darkness. Hope is never too far away. When she's shipwrecked, she thinks of of her love, Mister Mister Baby Dick, socks on, loving all. In- <laughs> That's I just the more that I that we break down the lyrics of the song, the more that I'm like he wrote on this song, and I know that she said you know what she felt the song is about when she was writing it, but like I can't not see the problems in their relationship in this song. Oh yeah, it's glaring. Like you said, like looking at daylight, daylight's the finisher of lover where everything is so much better and everything's wonderful and she doesn't want to be remembered for the things that she, you know, hates or whatever. She wants to be remembered for the things that she loves. Like it's literally the outro. Right. And it's all about the things that she loves. But then yeah, I don't know. This song, it's like he he has some good some good things about him, but also it's really horrible. <laughs> <laughs> And he's not doing anything about it. So I really like the imagery here of the seasons again. Like she's talking about that double meaning behind the time. Uh, I like weather, weather be the frost. I love that repeated word, that homonym there. Weather, weather be the frost, which is winter, or the violence of the dog days. We get alliteration there with dog days and with weather, weather. Dog days of summer being the, the saying that she's referencing, whether it be the winter or the summer. But she doesn't say that. She says... Whether weather be the frost or the violence of the dog days. I love that. Brilliant. As the tortured poet's collaborator Florence Welch would tell her, dog days are over. Yep. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for it. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think this song really, to me, just as a whole, I think it shows how and it was just in a really bad headspace, right? After rep and everything yeah. with that, right? Um, and I mean, all of 2020, <laughs> a pandemic, lover fest getting canceled, <laughs> the entire 2020 election. And Mr. Mr. Alwyn, despite his many flaws, was <laughs> around, you know, he was there. And so I think, you know, she clung to him like a life preserver, right? Right. Uh, he served a purpose in her life at a time where he was needed, but then his purpose ran out. <laughs> yeah, once she got better, yeah, she's like, I don't need you yeah. anymore. You're yeah. just holding me back now. So a little bit grim, really, a little bit grim. Yeah. But hopefully everyone is doing better now. So chorus number two, and I was catching my breath, floors of a cabin creaking under my step, and I couldn't be sure. I had a feeling so peculiar. This pain wouldn't be for evermore. like Madeline says the song is on a hopeful note Taylor still feels the pain it's still there but she's gotten through the worst of it and she now realizes that one day it will be gone and that's a great feeling when you get to that point but no I love that that's so good the this pain wouldn't be forevermore it's so soothing at the end of this sad song this too shall pass now let's get into our overall thoughts Madeline what have you got Yeah, this song uh, headlines my winter jam playlist for a good reason. It feels like winter time to me in the best way. It's melancholic and winding, much like those cold, dark months. Taylor's voice is gorgeous. Justin's voice is low and smooth and only serves to complement the entire tone of the song. I absolutely love it. Kimberly? I'm going to be honest. When I was reading your your thought, I quickly skimmed it, the first line. And my brain read... This song headlines Winter Jam, and I was like, incorrect. No, it does not. (laughs) For those of you who are not from the East or the Southeast, 
Winter Jam is is a concert series that Kim and I both attended in our youth and the namesake of my Winter Jam wintertime playlist. Yeah, specifically winter uh, religious Christian rock. Christian, yeah, stuff. yeah. Uh, music. Concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Much like Exile, if you refer back to that episode, I don't really seek this song out a whole lot. Maybe it's my dist- distaste for William Bowery because it's not a bad song. I don't think it's a bad song. It's very pretty. And I I do hate that I learned in the recording of this podcast that the mid-song like melody change was Joe's doing because, because of Joe. I like the most. <laughs> um, I really love that part when, when Justin's voice comes in. It's really pretty. All right. Well, for me, this song is one of my favorites on Evermore. Definitely top five at worst, I think, for me on Evermore. I love the whole thing. It gets stuck in my head a lot. The bridge is just bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Justin and Taylor sound so good together. I think his use of the falsetto in this song as compared to his deeper register in Exile, I think pairs a little better just in terms of harmony. But like we talked about in Exile, it was intentionally yeah. clashing. So, you know, but I think it sounds cool. But it is this proof. Song. Yeah, it is proof that like in comparison to Exile, like that was on purpose, but they can harmonize. Right. And their voices do work together. Unlike Taylor... And old Gary. <laughs> yep. Let's move on to ratings. We rate every song on a one to ten scale. One is very bad. Ten is very good. And five is very mid. Madeline, how do you rate this song? Got a ten, boys. It's so good musically and lyrically. It is. Uh, one, it was actually one of my top played songs just this winter season. I've been jamming to it a lot recently. So ten out of ten. Kimberly. It's a six, and I will be saying nothing more. <laughs> Sam, listeners, the pod notes for this episode just has Kim with a six. There are no notes. Look, I just don't. Okay, I'm going to get roasted no matter what I say if I try to send my rating. So my rating is what it is, and that's it. It's a six. Rep TV confirmed. Justin? There's no accounting for taste, you know? Something <laughs> just don't hit for some people. It's just what it is. I mean, honestly, true. <laughs> for me this song is a nine the transition into the bridge to me is a bit awkward honestly like i like the bridge a lot Mm -hmm. once it gets there but the little you know like change feels like a production error almost it just feels like a little bit weird feels like two songs that were connected pushed together unnaturally yeah Yeah, like they cut it together like that and it just doesn't smooth yeah it bugs me every single time i listen so that's my one knock on it, and I'm going to give it a nine. Otherwise, you know, basically a perfect song. I like it a lot. Solid nine. All right. If you'd like to tell us how you rate Evermore, you can do it on Spotify. There's going to be a poll in the episode description of this episode. And you can also vote on our various social media platforms. What are we on, guys? We are on Instagram and Threads and X and TikTok and YouTube. Oh, I think that's everybody. Yep, we are on all those platforms at C-B-L-U underscore podcast. Kimberly, what song are we going to talk about next week? I bet you think about me. Yes. And we're going to be joined by a brand new... It's going to be that cringy, too. Brand new guest. <laughs> yep. New podcast. Woo-hoo. Yep. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. We'll get to know our new podcast in front of the pod. 
a little bit and uh yeah take a little yeah, absolutely she's uh she's hyped about i bet you think about me i'm gonna be honest i haven't listened to this song since like the week that red tv came out so i'm gonna <laughs> listen to it a bunch this week literally the the line i bet you think about me when they say oh my god she's insane she wrote a song about me gets stuck in my head all the time i'll just be walking <laughs> around singing it i won't none of the rest of the song just that one line well, there you Amazing. go. Will? Welcome back, Kim. Hey. Yep. We'll see y'all next week. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Pod Gremlin may be here. Thanks for listening to Cowboys Like Us. Follow us on all platforms at CBLU underscore podcast. You can find us on Instagram, X, the zombie Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. We're now posting our episodes on YouTube. Head over there and like and subscribe. All of these links can be found in our link tree in the episode description. Thanks for supporting the pod. Y'all come back now, you hear?